Let's pray. Lord God, we lift you up in praise for you are our creator and our savior. You put together a beautiful plan for our salvation. Laying out for us aspects of it, even from the moment we fell before you. Letting us know that the seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. That you had us in your hand. That you knew our names before the foundations of the earth. Lord God, we thank you for drawing us together into this body, this body right here in Alden. And Lord, I pray that you would cause us to become more and more mature in our walk with you, never to see ourselves as finished until we stand before you and you finish us. Helping each other out to encourage each other and build each other up to share in your word together. Lord, we thank you for all these things. Give it to you in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. So, tonight is a worship service and a, a business meeting all rolled up into the same thing. The business we take care of is the business of God. The business of his church, the business of his family. And so we do even this as an act of worship. And so the elders have been conversing, they have pondered, they have prayed, and they have debated for the last four months that have led up to this moment. And really, as we think about it, even longer than that, these, these conversations have been ongoing for um, probably over two years. Um, and in the last two months, the elders have become unified. We're all behind the following three things. We have taken three separate votes, and we have, as elders, decided to go to a single unified worship service. Then we took another vote, and we decided we are unified on the format of that service. Now think about it. As you think about who's voting here, we've got... 20 elders, right? So you've got probably about 5% of your congregation already right there. Um, and then we took another vote and we have decided that we are in agreement on the time frame of Sunday mornings and what that Sunday morning should look like. So let me just start by talking to you about the purpose of this whole thing. What's the point of going to a single unified worship service? And I, maybe I should start with what our purpose is not, because there's been a lot of things as we've been trying to communicate. There's been several things that have been brought up, more, more than once, actually. And, and I want to let you know, we are not seeking numerical growth by means of entertainment. And we are not going to tickle men's ears by changing how we address the Word of God. That is not the purpose of what we are doing. We are not simply trying to shake things up or become 
seeker sensitive. We're not trying to make things easier by lightening the workload. I will preach 52 services if I see that being the most effective way to reach this community for the sake of Christ. Go for it. Fill this place 52 times. Got your work cut out for you. Go. Right? All right. All joking aside, we are not trying to make things easier for ourselves. Or cheaper by not having the lights on as much. What we are seeking is spiritual growth church-wide through church-wide fellowship and greater unity as we bring the church family together. As we've drawn closer and closer to this moment, I've had more and more people saying to me, you know what, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I asked them, is this your first time here? And they said, no, I've been here for months or years. Oh. And then, and then they started saying to me, I'm really glad that we're bringing this together because I had no idea. And now there's going to be people that I get to know, people in our church family that I'm going to realize and have a chance to connect with because of what we're doing here. Uh, the premise of, of this entire movement towards going to a single unified worship service began as a question. How can we manifest greater opportunity how can we make the opportunity very real for our church family to put on display their hearts for one anothering on a regular basis how can we give ourselves regular fellowship opportunity so that we can really share in life on life with each other our numerical losses have pointed out to us that if we want a future of ministry here, we need to do something differently than we have been. We need to stop looking at our past and begin to look out for one another as well as the community around us as we reach out to them. One anothering one another and one anothering them as they come through our doors. And we want our programmatic format to service the familial functions that we find in the New Testament, that we find in Scripture, Acts 2.42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayers. They had a devotion to the study of God's Word, a devotion to fellowshipping, sharing life with one another around Christ, devotion to breaking bread, sharing in real life together, eating meals in each other's houses, devotion to prayer, praising God for who he is and praying for one another as we have things going, as we go through life and we need prayer, don't we? And also one that isn't in Acts 2.42, but is obviously in Scripture, is reaching our community with the gospel. We see that in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. That's our memory verse, right? Do you all have it memorized? All right. Go for it. Ready? And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, 
Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Amen. Did you get it? Yeah. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So we want to be devoted to these very same things that the early church was devoted to. I think it is prescriptive for us, or descriptive. Descriptive is the word I was looking for. Describes what, what the church should be in, it, in, in its basic values. The first one there was devotion to study, wasn't it? Psalm 119. How can a young man or a young woman keep their way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. And that psalm goes on and on and on about the value of knowing God through his word and living accordingly. While many churches, oops, have, many churches have eliminated Sunday school, and I'm not going to condemn them because it's not like Sunday school per se is commanded by Scripture. We cannot condemn somebody for a church for getting rid of Sunday school. I will say this. We at Alden Union Church are not willing to loosen our love for the accurate knowledge and handling of Scripture, of God's Word. And, and we understand the value and the role that Bible school plays in that. We desire to see our congregation involved in, in what I, in my own world, my own little mind, have been calling the three E's of Scripture, of God's Word, exhortation, education, and edification. We need to be committed as a church to those three things. We, we want to see our church congregation involved in the exhortation of God's Word, and that is simply sitting under biblically accurate preaching, being exhorted to live according to God's Word from the pulpit. We want to see our congregation involved in the education of God's Word, studying the details in that classroom-like setting that we find in Bible studies and, and Bible school. And we want to see our congregation involved in the edification of one another through God's Word, the edification of God's Word, sharing in, in Christ-centered home fellowship groups and those kind of sharing life-on-life times that help us to understand just how God's Word applies to day-to-day -to -day life as we share life and talk about God's Word at the same time. Suffice it to say that we will continue to have a service and we will continue to have Bible school. Those are non-negotiables. We are to be dedicated to fellowship. Hebrews 10. And let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Probably the most significant element of this change of going to a single unified worship service is what we are calling the connection time. And I hope you guys will get as excited about the connection time as I am. This is going to be a great time. This is the opportunity for weekly fellowship. 
to, to share life, to pray for each other, to connect with each other, and to connect with new people. This will be a half-hour time between the service and the Sunday school, or, or Bible school, a, a weekly opportunity to talk and share and pray for somebody, to, to share life over a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, and a chance to encourage and get to know visitors. Details on this time still need to be worked out. Uh, many churches these days, if for the last 20 years or so, have been being built. If, if you build a new church from scratch, what you do is you build them with what is called a third space. And that third space is that big area where everybody can congregate and get the coffee and talk and all that kind of stuff. And, and if you look around our facility, we don't exactly have a third space, do we? So what we're thinking about using is our gym. And this is my vision. I've been talking about it with the elders. I've been talking about it with the deacons. Uh, Still lots of details need to be worked out. But the gym is our most accessible space to do something like this, where people walk in and it's right there. But right now it's a big, solid wall, isn't it? And it says, stay away, doesn't it? You walk in and it says, stay on that side. right? So what I'm thinking is is to just open it up. It's not a load-bearing wall. We can open it up, we can put in the right kind of glass, we can put in the right kind of glass doors so it's visually open, so we can see there's something going on in there. When people walk in these back doors and they start walking down the hall, they'll start going, those people are having fun. They enjoy each other. They love each other. I'm going in there, right? That's what we want this time to be. We want to do it well. We want to make it inviting. We want to make it open. And we want to hopefully design a a good coffee service area in there. Hopefully as we grow closer, as we meet one another, we will begin to exercise the hospitality that Scripture calls us to. and, And begin to break bread together. Pray for one another. In this connection time, we want to facilitate church-wide, intergenerational, cross-cultural fellowship. We want, to, we want to look like the church. We want to look like the church according to God, according to his word, where people of every nation, tribe, and tongue, people of every generation get together and, and do all those one another's that scripture calls us to. So, what will the format of this service look like? A strong traditional element. Now, I don't know if you will recall, there was a subcommittee that met, and they were selected by the worship committee and the elders, and um, I think it might have just been the worship committee selected people to be on, on a subcommittee to say, okay, if we do this, what should a service look like? And this is what we came down to and then we shared it with the worship committee and then from the worship committee it went to the elders and the elders uh, voted over this and and they encouraged it as well. So it will have a strong traditional element. As we put this together we wanted to have eyes for who we are. We don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. We don't want to forget anyone who is a member of this family. So we want to have those who love that traditional element. See, I'm blessed I have a love for the traditional and a love for the contemporary. I think God's word calls us to strong worship with using psalms, right? The same psalms that they had for hundreds of years. And and yet, God's word says to sing 
spiritual songs and, and these kinds of things. And, and even in the Psalms, what does God's word call us to do? It calls us to sing to him an old song that you're used to, right? A new song, right? A new song. So we'll, we will have a strong traditional element. It will have hymns, and we have no plans of eliminating the choir. I know there's been talk going around all over the place. The choir still is a fantastic ministry that we plan on seeing continue well into the future. Can we make guarantees on this? No. In a hundred years when I'm not here, maybe the choir will disappear. But at this moment, the choir is here. Offertory. And that will have prayer and special music, kind of like it already does. From there, we'll go into a contemporary set. And that contemporary set will have three to four songs. And then the message. A really, really long message. (laughs) From there, we will have a closing song and a benediction. Now, this is a format that we came up with, but even as we came up with this, we were talking about it, and we wanted to make sure that it had flexibility in it. That's one of the reasons that for the time frame that we decided upon to have enough time to throw in some other things. We've had many suggestions of things to add to this service as as we... uh, even as the subcommittee desired to, as as I've been receiving input from you, from the congregation, I'm getting all these suggestions. Oh, I would love it if we had this in there. I would love it if we could do a creed once in a while. And I I had the wonderful opportunity of saying, we thought of that, and we would love it too. That's exactly what we're looking to do. We want to have the flexibility in this format to intersperse it with things like prayer personal or corporate, guided, corporate, pastoral, silent, audible, all kinds of prayer. Prayer is something that we are called to be devoted to, right? We want to lace in their scripture reading from an individual on the stage or something that is call and response. We want to have dramatic presentations as long as they add or or direct us towards God's word or the message on that day or, or the series that we're going through. We want to have creeds. We want to have teaching about the text of the songs or the hymns because these hymns are so rich in their text, so loaded with good theology. There's this great, uh, you ever heard that game where if you're stranded on a desert island and you could only have one kind of food, what would it be? Uh, My favorite version is, if you're stranded on a desert island and you can only have one book, what would it be? And it can't be the Bible. What a hymnal, a hymnal, it's loaded with great theology. It builds up, it encourages. So we want to have teaching on the texts of the songs that we do. Even the current modern new songs have some great theology and, and imagery in them for us to recognize. Testimonies, testimonies build us up. That's, that's where somebody really encountered God in real life and they tell you about it, right? We build each other up through these things. And we want to have ministry presentations like the youth program coming up and telling us, hey, this is what we're doing. This is what we're going through. Be in prayer for us, that kind of thing. And then things like maybe a missionary Skype once in a while. Have the missionary up there, even though they're halfway around the world, hear from them themselves. 
So that's the format that we have discussed and voted on, and the elders were, uh, are in com complete agreement. We are unified in that. And last but not least, the time frame of a Sunday morning. The single most hotly debated topic <laughs> of the last four months. One of the reasons I wanted to make sure we got input from everybody out there and there are opinions across the board on this um, throughout the congregation, throughout the elders, through everywhere. Uh, to come to a conclusion on this particular topic, um, we took into account a combination of, of your thoughts, the congregational thoughts, and also some programmatic matters such as logistics for Bible school and, and the ability to connect with others. One of the greatest benefits of the format that we've come up with, the time frame, is, is the ability to connect with others coming right out of the service and going into that connection time. And so we decided on a 9.30 to 10.45 a.m. service. One of the reasons for the 9.30 start time is if you look at, if, if you do a little bit of research, um, the optimum time if you're going to go out in the community and somebody one day is going to wake up and say, you know what, I'm going to church today. They're going to go to a church with a service somewhere between 9.30 and 10.30. And so really, 10 o'clock is kind of the optimal time, but churches with 10 o'clock services don't have Bible school. Um, so we moved it to 9.30 to have the service, an hour and 15 minutes to give us time for flexibility that's our service time. 10.45 to 11.15, connection time. I already talked to you about that. And 11.15 to noon, Bible school. And you might look at that and say, but that's 15 minutes shorter. That first 15 minutes is usually fellowship time, isn't it? And what we want to encourage at this point is church-wide fellowship. That church-wide fellowship, that's, you can connect with somebody from your Sunday school during that time. There's, there's not going to be any fellowship Nazi saying, no, get away from that person, right? You can talk to them. Find somebody else new to talk to, too. You've got a half hour where you can connect with somebody. And also... As soon as Bible school's out at noon, once again, there will not be a Bible school Nazi saying, get off campus, hang out, talk with each other, love each other. That's one of the reasons we're going to this format, so we can have these opportunities to connect, invite each other maybe out to lunch and do the devotion to the breaking of bread, right? Share life. That's what we want to start seeing more of in this congregation. If you have a question that you would like me to ineptly answer, by all means, raise your hand and ask. Uh, elders, if you are here and I truly ineptly answer a question, by all means, feel free to chime in and, and uh, add more information than what I give. I'm just, I think it's on. Um, I'm there just curious how it's going to work with the children getting to be with their parents. Are they going to join their parents for fellowship time and then go to Sunday school or... I believe the way this works out, they, the children will continue 
in their time, they'll transfer from one time to the next without the parents having to go pick them up. That was one of the logistical things that CE wanted to see, as opposed to parents having to run around, grab their kids, go to fellowship, and then run back and take their kids back. They wanted to see that transition happen easily for the students and the parents. And if I got it correct, there's still more details to work out on that, but if I got it correctly, it only adds five minutes to the first session time-wise, and, and doesn't really add any time to those who would do the second set. Okay, yeah. When will this be implemented? That is a most excellent question. I told you the three things we voted on, and the start date wasn't one of them. <laughs> um, we, the, the heavy uh, opinion has been starting it in September. It would be nice if we could coordinate it with the incoming new worship pastor. We can't guarantee that one. Um, but uh, we, we will probably start it at the beginning of September, fall. Yeah. We don't want to wait too long. Not a question. I just want to thank you guys for all the work you did on this. And, and the thing that spoke to me the loudest was unanimous which means the Holy Spirit was unified on this and brought everybody together. And that's a powerful statement. And I see this as the guy's leading for us as a church. And I and your reasons for doing this, uh, just encouraging the whole way from the beginning that I heard about this till now. And I just want to thank God for the way he's used the leadership on this. And I'm looking forward to um, God's blessing on it. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Let me clarify something for you, and hopefully it will be an encouragement to you. I carefully chose the word unified and not unanimous. The elders were not unanimous on any one of those three. On the first two, there was only one nay. And so we're really close to unanimous. Uh, On the time frame, we were not unanimous. But we did agree before we voted that if, if we vote and we have a strong showing in one direction or the other, are we all going to come behind this and support it? And we all said, absolutely. So while even your elders have different views on to exactly how this could have happened, we are 100% behind what we are doing because we are a family. Thank you, Steve. Um, from, the, from the first slide you showed are the... Are the time spent between um, singing hymns and singing contemporary songs going to be comparable? No. We're, we're still going to have both elements. And there will be hymns uh, sung in the strongly traditional fashion. And there will even be hymns in the contemporary set as well. So there will be hymns strewn throughout. Uh, we are looking more towards a contemporary set because... We're, we're, we've got eyes towards who we are, but we also want to have eyes, eyes towards our community and a future of ministry and the music that they're listening to. While we want to educate them and bring them along and teach them the good old hymns that are fantastic, we are looking towards a community that is contemporary, and we want to go into a future of ministry here at this church. Sure, Chuck, please save me.
in our discussions because we're also looking for a, a pastor of worship also, right? So, so we're looking at, in that, that music part of it. We want to be committed to both contemporary and uh, traditional style. But we also want to be flexible to be able to change up our services depending on what we feel is need and flow, uh, where the Holy Spirit's leading. So we're committed to, to both styles, but we don't want to lock in anything, to be honest with you. We want to make sure that uh, our worship pastor, uh, working with the uh, senior pastor, that they can have a unified service without encumbrance of, okay, we have to do this style, this style, this way, this way, and, and lock in the order. I mean, we have an, an order there, but that order could change depending on what we think is the best way or what they think is the best way to, to serve the worship of that morning. So um, committed to both styles, if you would, in the service, but not into locking it in on what it would look like. And just Does that sound better on what we're talking about? You had a much nicer answer than me. <laughs> I just thought no was rather abrupt, but. Uh, I have a comment. It's mostly about time, but I'd like to preface that by saying, uh, Carolyn and I have been coming to this church for 65 years. We love this church. We love the Lord first, our family second, and this church as third. (laughs) We've tried to serve in many different ways over those years serving others, and uh, our, my, my purpose in even bringing this up now is attempting to serve. <clears throat> when we were planning this structure next door, I was part of that committee. We were concerned with uh, all the facilities that the, the different groups needed. Uh, we tried planning how they're going to transfer from one to the other. And this main hallway that goes from the North X over to the chapel. In some of the discussions, we came to the conclusion it's not wide enough. And I think we made it a little two, th- two or three feet wider. <clears throat> um, but it is the main traffic thoroughfare. My thought process, is, as far as the time is concerned, and we thought about how many people were in a room and things like that to get the right size. When you end, at 9.45. Uh, there's 300 or more people in here. We have to get them through that doorway or possibly that one back there and down this a little narrower hallway to get into the... Uh, everybody calls it a gym. We kept quiet about a gym. We said it was a multi-purpose room. <laughs> But it's a gym, and it only has that one, well, directly out of here. There's only one door, three-foot-wide door. It's going to be a bottleneck. Just thinking about it, uh, I think 300 people to get through that door and even the other way, it's going to be about 10 minutes until all those people get over there. Likewise, at the end of the uh, connection time, there's 100 people in the Koinonia class, so that's the worst-case scenario. How are you going to get 100 people from that room, which only has exits on this side? I don't know if you have thoughts about changing that exit or not, but I'd recommend you do that. 
but to get 100 people down to the uh, chapel. Yeah. Taking another 10 minutes. You only started out with 30 minutes. Now we're down to maybe 10 minutes of actual connection time. I don't think people are going to just do it for 10 minutes. I they, there, there's two, uh, two ends here. I don't want you or anybody else preaching the word to us to feel he has to be done at 9.45. If it extends a little beyond that, <clears throat> I've never objected to leaving church late. Uh, I don't want to put that pressure on you or anybody else. On the other end, if I'm over there and it's coming up to, I lost the time now, is it 11.15 now? Is that right? At the yeah. end, okay. I need to think about 11.05 starting over to the Koinonia class. Or I'm going to limit Kevin Brock's teaching. He won't get started at the 45 minutes. He'll probably get started at uh, 11.30. And likewise, I don't mind at the end of the Bible school hour if it runs late. But I think that's going to be the norm yeah. rather than the exception. If you started at 9 o'clock, there's two extra 15-minute periods that you could build into the schedule and allow a full 30 minutes of the connection time. Uh, I'm a type, person, type B person. I don't make friends well. I probably won't make friends over there because of my personality. Uh, I've learned and, and got to meet a lot of people simply by serving with them in the different projects. Yeah. I would like to see uh, a reconsideration of that time schedule and starting at 9 o'clock. You're welcome. Thank you. There was a lot in there. Um, let's see. As far as traffic flow goes, could you say that a little louder that we might need some more access over here? Okay. So part of the idea would be as we open up that wall would be to put several sets of doors in there that can be opened up. And, and you're talking right here too, huh? You are... Amen, brother. You're absolutely right. We might need a little door somewhere over here, right? Something to facilitate what we're trying to do. I agree 100%. Are the deacons listening? Yeah, first um, I, I'd like to say... Oh, hold on, hold on, Joe. There, there was a lot more in that statement. Um, let me think. As far as time goes... Um, Yes, that will be the general place to congregate and pick up your coffee and stuff like that. I don't necessarily, like I was saying earlier, there isn't going to be a fellowship Nazi. Grabbing your coffee and grabbing somebody to go to Koinonia class with you and having conversation on the way down the hall is part of that fellowshipping time and talking as you... Just, it's sharing time together, not necessarily having to be in that room or in that space. Yes, it's going to be a large space. Yes, we're going to have tables set up. You can stand around. If we have some high tables, we can hang out at the high tables and have coffee. Or we're going to have some low tables for those who have a harder time with the high tables. Um, 
we're, we're going to mix it up and, and give, hopefully, as much access to everyone that we possibly can. Nothing's set in stone. There's things that can still be talked about. However, I, after a lot of discussion, this is what we did come down to. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't put a lot of eggs in the basket of starting earlier than 9.30. One of the main reasons we want to start it at 9.30, like I was talking about earlier, is that catching that optimal time for the community, that 9.30 to, to 10.30 window, a lot of churches that have a 10 o'clock service, they'll have like an 8 o'clock, a 10 o'clock, and a 12 o'clock, or whatever they might have. That 10 o'clock service is the one that booms, but they don't have Bible school or Sunday school, so they don't need to worry about fitting that in their morning schedule as well. We do. So that 9.30, we're, we're just trying to fit everything into having our service at that optimal window and still fit everything else in the morning within a reasonable amount of time. So there was a lot of discussion. That you, I, I totally appreciate your comments, and, and I think you've definitely given us some things to think about. We, we, we talked a lot about time frame. Thank you, Tom. So first of all, I'd like to say uh, I thank you for the, the uh, thought process that really went into this. We've been praying for this in the men's group for, I think, over a year. We knew some of this stuff was coming down the line. But I think as a congregation, we should always be in prayer because no matter what happens, this is not going to be an easy process because you're, you're dealing with a bunch of people. Thank God we're born again. But, mm-hmm. but we're, I see that the elders, no, I'm serious. I see that the elders and trust, uh, deacons and pastors are trying to glorify God. This will not be a tra- an easy transition for any of us, but we do see the purpose of the flow is that we want to become one body. I am one that welcomes everybody I do not recognize in a service. And what Joe said is true. Still to this day, I meet people in this congregation by thinking they just walk through the door because I like to be outgoing. And even up to like maybe a week or two ago, someone told me they've been here for a long time. And I've been here for, for I don't know, just say 20 years. And I still find it odd. But what I want to say about this whole thing um, is listening to Tom. Yes, going through some of these things may be a little rough. And even to give you even a bigger headache is some of those areas over there are not structurally locked in place. We could also, thankfully you're not doing this until like maybe September, you could also flip this back and forth. I know that causes a lot of money, a lot of headaches. But Tom is right. We're all used to going that way and this way, and it was designed this way. And I was never one for the gym, just on record. But, um, <laughs> Thank it, you. We'll put that in the records for I just, 10 but, years ago. Listen, and, and but my point is make we sure also we change could those flip plans. it if that was a major problem. You could put it over there. But that flow issue that Tom was talking about is a concern for, for maybe when I get older. And then for some people that just aren't used to all that, and it is true, one thing I don't want to see, and not to to waste any time here tonight, is I never want to see the service become less, because when we're here, I want the pastor to truly go through its teaching, and then also the Bible stool teaching, because 
as I talk to other people, I don't want to become a certain church in Texas where we have a Starbucks and that's what we're known for. But I would like to see a professional uh, end of us in there so it's more comfortable. Mm -hmm. But all I'm saying is it is true, guys. I meet people even here that tell me they've been here for a long time. So I'm so glad that we're finally, maybe with the new pastor and the worship pastor, going to become one congregation together because hymns and contemporary music just don't seem to work together, but they will. It will work together because, believe it or not, it already does. I wish the speed of the music was a little faster, but I'm not a music person. Now, I have one other last goofy question. That's not going to be the name of our new service, is it? You don't like the acronym SUS? Just asking a question. He means one unified worship service. Single unified worship service. You don't like that acronym? It's a great acronym. SUS. No, I'm just kidding. That is not a name. That is just a, 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 a descriptive title. Yeah. Um, and since you're the second person to bring it up, Joe, I, I am going to mention something that uh, you might have noticed. One of the advantages to going to a single worship service is that we get to add time to the service. Currently, we have one service that is an hour and 10 minutes, and we have one service that is just an hour. And so you might have noticed in that time frame that uh, it's an hour and 15 is what we're planning on for the service so that nothing has to be limited and we can still have the flexibility to do some, or, some more stuff. So thank you. I'm, I'm thankful for that concern that we don't want to cut down on God's word. That, that is a good thing. My wife's next. <laughs> no. I, I was just going to say... Oh. I was just going to um, explain. I think Joe meant, I'm not a public speaker. The professional part of the fellowship, he means like the coffee, maybe ordering it in, or like baked goods, like a bakery, stuff like that. When yeah. he was talking about. Yeah, what I was saying is, I don't ever want to see us hire like a Starbucks or something, but, but also, we also could be, a, I mean, when we do the coffee, Whatever it has to be in there, it could be it could be thought through where we could buy professional coffee pots and maybe buy pastries. I know this is silly, but I'm saying that we could do things proper even for our yes. congregation. I'm just well, saying not ha half-hattersly. I'm not being silly here. I'm not saying let's have Starbucks do it. I don't ever want to see that. I'm saying, but we can as a congregation really t treat each other in a way that I think this half hour will make us grow more and know each other. Because I'll tell you, I get embarrassed when I introduce, say, welcome to our church, and they say, hey, they've been here for three years. And that might just be me, because I don't really always pay attention, but I find it odd that I don't know some people. And it is a big congregation. Thank you. What we do, we need to do well. And that goes for anything we do in the church top to bottom. I think we need to... There is a church mentality and it's across the united states of well we're a church and so we don't have to we don't have to keep the bar that high because we're a church we're a ministry and i i really think that's the complete opposite of what our church mentality should be our church mentality should be we're a church 
We serve the God Almighty, the creator of the universe, and so our bar should be really, really high. If we make coffee, it should be drinkable. (laughs) If we do whatever, it's got to be done well so that people come in and they feel comfortable and they feel welcome and we we say hey come have a cup of coffee with me it's not a cup of church coffee it's going to be good and and we hand it to them and they go wow this is good you guys do care and we show them how we care by how we do things That, that is significant it is important i will take unless there's like somebody dying to to yeah got two more Two more. Okay, two more. Um, how does the connection time work for, like, the nursery workers and, like, the Bible school teachers? Because either we have to go right to our classes and take over for the morning people. That was the question from earlier, and um, it's still details to be worked out. But what it will do, it should add about five minutes to the first group. I forget which one comes first, children's worship or, or there's one group and then there's another group. It'll add about five minutes to the first group and it will transition into the second group without adding any time to them as far as we have kind of coarsely wrought out. We haven't uh, worked out all the details on that. But yes, that's a legitimate concern and, and details will be coming your way. I have two questions. One two is, questions? Where is the money coming for coming from for the wall? To you, Chris. Do all that. <laughs> and... People do use that as a gym with balls. Amen. So we got to do something that it, the glass doors won't Yes, like I said, there is quality of glass and doors that you can install. You can get the right quality that it's still a gym. Balls can hit it, and no problem. We just got to make sure we wipe off the ball marks. You, Chris. <laughs> It's actually just a quick comment. Uh, the, the traditional versus the contemporary. Actually, if you listen to a lot of the contemporary music today, they are incorporating the traditional hymns in them. The prime uh, example I can think of is Chris Tomlin's Your Change of Gone, where he takes Amazing Grace and just adds a verse into it. And you still have the traditional hymn, but you have the contemporary uh, comment inside it. So it's not... You're not going to, it's not going to be, you're now, you're, you, you can't have the fight. It's all in the glory of God. It can't be the, the mindset of one versus the other. You're all doing everything. It's the, even the Bible says, do all to the glory of God. And that's, that's my comment. And we understand there are personal preferences. And that's one of the reasons that we want to keep a strong traditional element in here as well. We don't want to eliminate that beautiful tradition. Um, and, and everything that it means. There, there's a certain comfort in that, isn't there? And so that's why we're keeping it. Anything else? Anything else? In the back, in the back. I'll let it go a few more minutes if you guys want to sit here. Thanks, Pastor Joe. Um, I was just wondering if there was enough interest uh, and if the elders would consider having maybe one Sunday school class that met early for us early risers, say like, in the 8.30 to 9.15, 9.20 slot, we wouldn't miss any of the components. It would still be Sunday school, worship, fellowship. Um, is 8.30 in the morning a real time? Is that like a time that exists well, on the when clock? I, 
<laughs> when I first started coming here this, uh, 22 years ago, the service was at 8 o'clock for many years, and then it was 8.15 uh, for right, contemporary yeah. service. But mm -hmm. it was 8 o'clock for a number of years. Um, I'm just wondering if you would consider off, thinking Off the about cuff, that. I mean, we've never had to address that particular question. Um, off the cuff, I'd say that's a great idea. Write a very kind note to Pastor Kevin, and, okay. and we'll, we'll see what CE does. All right, thanks. I don't know. Pastor Joe, just real quick, uh, I've heard a number of people uh, indicate that they wanted the connection time before the service, and you, you've explained in, in some of our deacon and elder meetings about why you didn't want the connection time before or after that and you wanted it in between so explain right. a little bit about that real quick we we want it to be optimized if you do the connection time before everything starts what do people do i mean if if you if you've ever been here if you're one of the few people who's ever been here on time <laughs> you'll notice that nobody shows up till five after right and so if you do this kind of stuff beforehand you're, you're going to get a lot of and you won't really have that chance to connect with new people and that's one of the objectives here is to connect. If you're sitting in service and you, you see somebody new walk in the door and they sit up here and you, you've got them, right? And then at the end of service, you go up to them. Hey, how you doing? My name's Joe. You want to come over and have a cup of coffee? Right? But if you do it right before service and visitors tend to sneak into service, right? They don't want to be seen that much. Makes sense. I, I get it. Um, but after they've been through the service, I mean, you'll, they'll they'll pretty much come to the conclusion at the end of the service what they want to do, and they'll they'll tell you if they don't want to go to the connection time. But it, it's more likely, having sat through the service and seen your smiling face, that they'll go, "Sure, I'll go to connection time." And then you talk to them about Sunday school, Bible school, and say, "Hey, you want to come over to Koinonia? There's like half a seat left in that room," <laughs> and and then you can take them over there. So we just want to optimize that connection time by having it go from, basically you have in, in your typical Sunday school, but, but even, even here in Bible school, we have an amazing 78% of our people who go to Bible school. That, that is a fantastic number when you look at numbers across the country, and especially the churches have seen their Sunday schools become so dismal that they just go, well, forget Sunday school, let's cut that, and let's go to home fellowship groups only, right? That's what has been happening all across the country. We have God, by his grace, giving us a large percentage of our congregation that goes to Bible school. So, 78%. It's not 100%, is it? 100% always goes to what? They go to the service. Yeah, 100% of your people go to your service. So if we can go from that 100% into our fellowship opportunity, that's our greatest church-wide fellowship opportunity, isn't it? So that, that's kind of the logic behind that. Anything else? Dot. Oh, I never spoke in one of these before. <laughs> If perchance someone would come in and through hearing the word would accept the Lord and get saved, is there any way we could know that? And is there a discipling program in this church for new believers? That, that's an entirely different topic. <laughs> um, 
you know, I could do a better job of that, making sure that people actually come up and, and, and just making sure at the end of every service that I say something about, hey, come up to, or, or maybe we could have a program where we have an elder or two up here and have them ready to pray with whoever needs pray or uh, something like that. We could develop that a little bit better, couldn't we? And I know that uh, CE has worked very hard on getting that discipleship focus in our uh, Bible school classes. So uh, that has, we have been thinking about it. It has been uh, something on our minds. So. I don't want to stand up, but I just want to say I'm super excited. This is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I don't want to shut anybody down. Is there any, anything else? Raise your hand high or forever hold your peace. All right, thank you very much. <laughs> no, really, if, if there's anything else, let's pray. Thank you for being here tonight. Lord God, take all the glory from this, we pray. We pray that anything we do programmatically, anything we, we do in, in designing the church and, and doing anything physically here, that it would all point to you, that it would all express greater truths about who you are and what you've done for us in Christ. Lord God, I praise you for the elders you have given me to work with and the pastors you've given me to work with. I praise you for this congregation and the humility in going into these new directions and, and ex, uh, going into these changes. And Lord, we pray for fruit, for you, Lord, to bear the fruit through these things. Bear the fruit in our own lives personally and bear the fruit in as much as we give you the glory and as much as we point to you and in as much as we hold to the truth of your word. Lord, would you add fruit of salvation, of changed lives, of new birth to this body? Well, lay all this at your feet for you are God and we are not. Give it to you in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.